I should have taken Juneteenth off. Like I, I appreciate the holiday. I understand what it means. I, I understand the history there and the value of that. But I think as a business owner, you can probably appreciate this as well, Charlie. Like, there are holidays that uh, you, you probably should take off, but instead you kind of just take your laptop to the pool or to yeah, the so yard or right. That's You're kind of working through the holiday. Yeah. Yeah. In, in retrospect, I, I should have just taken the day fully off yesterday. So many others were offline. But yeah, definitely a, a day of catch up emails for me and a couple internal meetings. So we know what to you, do next year. Well, I what I did notice, uh, and I'd love to know if you notice the same thing. So, so from a um, email inbound, right, coming into yeah. me standpoint, I think the this year far less email oh, yeah. coming certainly from corporate than last year. Uh, but from the in the vendor space and the small biz space. And maybe this just backs up what I was saying, but like I still getting the same, you know, notes, still getting the same outreach. All the automated sequences are still firing, but it, it is funny running a startup when you realize that your customers aren't working and your investors aren't working. You're the only one that you're doing something wrong. <laughs> it's, just, it's just you. It's just yeah. you working. You're the only okay. one working today. Take that feedback. Uh, I can learn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, we're going to talk uh, pay transparency today. I'm excited to bring you back to the show. Are you, uh, are you ready to jump into it? Let's get into it. There's a lot to talk about. All right, we're live. Let's get started. Here we go. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Watchers and listeners, thank you for coming back to the show. Uh, we are live today. Uh, we do this, uh, hopefully, we try to do this every week uh, as a reminder. This is the Recruiting Community Podcast. I am Chris Hoyt. I'm going to be your host uh, of this water cooler chat for the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. We hope you'll join in with us. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, if you're watching this on LinkedIn, a couple of different places where you see a live chat stream or a live chat box next to it, jump in. Uh, you can ask a question of our guest that's going to be on today uh, as we welcome him back to the show. Uh, you can ask a question of us, or if you dare, you can drop in your social media profile link, uh, do a little bit of networking uh, and check in or just say hi. Sometimes we stop the whole show just to say hi back to you. Uh, anyway, these are 20 minute chats with folks who we really think are doing cool work in the space uh, and that we think warrant some of your attention. Uh, this is not uh, nobody pays to be on the show. Uh, we don't have uh, ha happy Tuesday to you, too, Sarah. Uh, we don't have any type of um, uh, pay to play or, or uh, advertisements or sponsorships. So this is just a labor of love. We do a conversation with folks that are doing cool stuff. Uh, and with that, I want to bring in the next uh, guest that we brought in today. Not his first time on the show. Uh, welcoming back Charlie Franklin. Charlie, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, Chris. How are you doing today? Good. Good to see you. You're in, a you're in a different setting today than I normally see you. You know, I got two kids now. And so I got kicked out of my office. Um, so kind of surrounded by nursery stuff wherever I go, but a little more space over here. <laughs> I had an interesting chat with a gentleman today. Uh, he's got some... Uh, He's got some some real life family stuff going on. They're doing some potty training uh, at their home, and I just you know we all, we've all got crap we have to deal with, but that's the kind of crap that I'm excited that I don't have to I don't have to oh, hear. Man. I I I took work so seriously in some ways before I had kids, and little did I know that all my colleagues uh, who are older than me that I looked up to were dealing with that stuff in the background. So it, it's humbling um, to prioritize family alongside work and and kind of fun too. 
I have to tell so I'll do a confession here. This has nothing to do with the show. When I was a very young recruiter and people had to work from home and I didn't have kids yet and I didn't, I didn't really understand it. When I would hear a dog barking at it, this is like almost 30 years ago, a dog barking in the background or a baby crying. There was a part of me that was like, get your professional act together. I don't want to hear, we shouldn't hear your family stuff in the background. It's, and it's a, it's a 180 today. Yeah. You had no idea. Seriously. Yeah. No clue what I was thinking. I like, why am I, why was I now a dog runs in the back or a baby's running by yelling, I've got fire. Like anything can be going on in the background. And now I'm like, that's okay. It's 2023. No, it's so true. And and just that there's so much more integration uh, of how your time spent between personal life and work life. I remember when I was in the corporate world, I would hear, some of our executives say things along the lines of, you know, sometimes I'm taking a shower, an important idea will come to me about something I want to do with the product or the team. And um, there's so much truth to that. Um, really, whenever you're thinking about work and processing, you are and um, being respectful of people's different schedules and, and commitments, you know, family or otherwise. It's just, uh, you know, it's 2023. That's what we do. It is. So, so 2023. So that's going to bring us to the topic today. We're going to talk about patron stream. But Charlie, for those who don't know you, uh, who haven't had the pleasure to get to know you a little bit or learn about what you do and what Compa is, can you give us, can you give us sort of a, a escalator pitch? Like who, who is Charlie Franklin and why should we be paying attention to what you say today? Yeah, definitely. So yeah. Hey all who I haven't met. Uh, my name is Charlie Franklin. I am co-founder and CEO of Compa. Um, my background is as a compensation person, not a recruiter, but I worked with lots of talent acquisition teams. I was most recently at Workday um, prior to founding Compa. And really what we're all about at Compa is marrying the worlds of talent acquisition and compensation through data and software. When I was a compensation leader, I, uh, of course, interacted with my talent acquisition team, but it was limited and fairly focused to dealing with unusual executive hires, maybe the occasional offer exception. And for recruiters out there, that the, the big miss that I had that um, is obvious to all of you is that recruiters are out there every day interfacing with the talent marketplace, including talking about compensation, which of course has only accelerated in this era of pay transparency. But even a few years ago, compensation teams are just constantly scraping for ways to find out what's going on in the market to get great sources of data, get a competitive advantage, make sure that you're bringing those insights into meetings with the C-suite, with the comp committee of the board to set pay strategy, set equity strategy if you're in tech. Um, the, I guess what I'm saying is I could have been listening to the talent acquisition team the whole time. And there's so many examples I can point to in my um, in my corporate life and comp where we were trying to orchestrate some shift in our compensation strategy that have been accelerated um, through a tighter alignment and collaboration with talent acquisition. So, so what we're all about is um, really taking advantage of the sort of overlapping interests uh, and, and alignment and incentives between these two organizations with comp people trying to set pay strategy and steward corporate resources and recruiters to, to oversimplify it really trying to get the best butts and seats as fast as possible. Um, and so our software helps them do exactly that, um, as well as um, kind of aggregate some important insights on um, the recruiters see in the market every day um, to serve back to comp teams to second. Yeah. 
be. So. so so let's let's level set a little bit, Charlie. So can yeah. you can you sort of explain for listeners and watchers, can you kind of explain when we say pay transparency, can you explain maybe what that is and, and why is it such a hot topic in recruitment today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, pay transparency, it's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot. It can be hard to define it or pin someone down and say, what exactly is this? And that's because pay transparency can kind of mean a lot of things. If you're paying attention to the news today, you're probably thinking about the legislation that mm -hmm. has passed in many states recently, like California, like New York, like Washington, that requires that recruiters um, and other um, corporate leaders disclose certain things like salary ranges on job postings um, or has prohibitions on asking for things like a candidate's salary history. That is pay transparency, and it's an important piece of it because we all have to be compliant. But there's a bigger picture in the background. Um, the pay transparency movement was born out of really pay equity, and that's an underlying motivation of most of the legislation. Um, pay equity uh, in terms of, you know, originally from a legal perspective, large organizations getting faced with lawsuits for discriminatory pay um, and sort of that evolution towards we need to be more transparent with exactly how pay decisions get made. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, to these de facto practices like, um, hey, asking candidates what they currently make can have this um, outcome that um, unfairly uh, affects how people ultimately get offered compensation. But with all that being said, if you take the biggest step back, really what's happening, there's a long-term trend that's accelerating mm -hmm. where compensation is, <laughs> comp practitioners like to say this, hey, compensation, it's a little bit of art, a little bit of science. That's a euphemism for you know, we could be a little more precise with how these decisions are getting made, particularly at scale. Mm -hmm. There's a shifting social contract between the worker and employer where there's just a higher level of accountability and precision that's expected. And so pay transparency is a shift from secretive and discretionary to more open and accountable where differences in pay are measurable and objective at scale. And so um, there's a lot of ways to, to explain what pay transparency is. I think for recruiters, though, it's really changing how you work every day. Um, and that's, you know, that's where we help focus in with, with TA teams, make sure they're keeping up with all the change. So, so, so I understand the premise. I love the art and science reference because that I want to put a pin in that for, for just the industry of recruiting, right? Arguments for all things mystery. But there, there are arguments, Charlie, like against pay transparency. So with, with fears of uh, decreased motivation or, or from a competitive standpoint, uh, even increased conflict among employees, right? Because you've got compression uh, as a sort of a downstream impact of a big piece of this. So how would, how would you or how would your organization maybe respond to those concerns? Yeah, you know, you can't just sort of rip the bandaid and make all these changes overnight because the shift and the shift that pay transparency drives, it, it starts with the underlying data, it moves into the corporate processes and then ultimately communication. Uh, and there's a cultural component to this too. And, and bear that in mind, pay transparency feels very new, maybe a little scary in the United States. Sure. This is nothing new in other parts of the world. And I always cite an example when I was at Juniper Networks, the, the largest R&D site at Juniper, at least at the time, and I believe still today, is in Bangalore in India. And uh, 
I've visited there a number of times and, and chatted with the employees in our compensation team there. It's pretty common to share what you make. Like if you go to a neighbor's barbecue and ask, you know, what's your title, how much money you make, that's not considered rude. And so, so bear in mind, there's an underlying cultural piece here. And you have to take that into account as you make a transition towards pay transparency. I would say for organizations that you know, have fears around what's going to be the positive or ne negative impact here, it's absolutely right to think about pay transparency as a communication problem. Mm -hmm. um, but the broader problem underneath it is about trust. And if you are not taking proactive steps to build a culture in your organization of um, accountability around, you know, let's say your managers have discretion over what your you know, performance-based pay increases, that shouldn't be a you know, popularity contest. There should be objective criteria that underlie that that's communicated clearly to employees so they understand here's what I'm being paid and why. Um, compensation, it's it's a basic need. This is affecting people's life at home. Um, you've got to get it right. It's not just words on a wall. Um, this, is, this is people's paychecks. And so um, that's what I would say is um, it's a journey. You've got to take the cultural underlying cultural implications into account depending on the where, the, where in the world you're executing it. Um, but but it's not going anywhere. Um, this this thing is here. The laws are only accelerating. More and more companies are opening up. Yeah, you met, you know you referenced the United States. I've been talking to a lot of recruiting uh, leaders uh, lately, especially who are looking for work. Right, they're they're on to their next adventure. They're in the they're in transition for this challenge that they've got in front of them. And a lot of them are talking about these ridiculous ranges uh, or yeah. no no pay information at all. And I have a theory and I'd love your expertise to weigh in this. I have a theory. I know that, uh, we have legislature that's, that's been put into place that requires that, you know, we list in various areas, cities, states, the, the salary, uh, for particular roles or ranges for particular roles. Uh, yet we're not seeing that widely adopted, uh, across the board. We're still in like the 20 something percentile, you probably have a more, more recent number than I do of, of organizations that have listed um, a, a range of pay, a reasonable range of pay. Uh, and I think we're not going to see mass adoption on that until somebody gets a fine until the first, like the teeth, right. That, that, that we're expected of this or that have been threatened really sink into a big organization. Then I think we're going to start seeing it take off. Do you, do you think, do you see that differently? I actually completely agree. And my perspective on this comes from, this is sort of a wonky corner of the world of compensation, but executive compensation um, has lots of transparency laws in place and it has for decades. Mm -hmm. And the reality is um, those laws were written in vague enough terms. It's hard to know exactly how to comply with it. Maybe there's you know, an incentive not to comply with it uh, in the spirit of the law. Mm -hmm. And it really takes somebody getting sued. And you know who it is. It's going to be one of the big guys. And then we'll all sort of look to how the courts interpret that lawsuit to set precedent. Um, with that being said, look, I'll, I'll bring quite a bit of empathy to the recruiting ops teams and the compensation ops teams that are trying to figure this out. For most uh, HR teams who are ushering in pay transparency, they really only started this project six months ago when these laws mm -hmm. went into effect in California, New York, and Washington. Yeah. And so they're just figuring out it's early innings. We see goofy stuff like gigantic ranges. I'll tell you one of the reasons that's happening, recruiters, which I'm sure is frustrating. Um, it, it, it's, it's nuanced, but it's important. Um, a lot of companies have 
geo-based compensation where let's say you got paid X in New York, you got paid Y in Nebraska because right. there's different labor markets, but they'll post a role with multiple locations. And so it sounds like a goofy, like, couldn't you just like show a different range for the different tiers? It's like, yeah, you probably could, but that's the kind of thing that they're figuring out. So, so absent that they're just artificially showing a minimum that reflects the very bottom in Nebraska and a maximum that, that reflects the very top of New York. And then add to that, a lot of times when you're hiring a role, you don't know what level it's going to be until you talk to the candidate. Uh, and so mm -hmm. it can also reflect multiple levels. So the result is you get these goofy ranges. And this is the kind of thing I, I guarantee you, you know, six, nine, 12 months out from now, this is going to get ironed out. At least the, the best companies are going to figure it out. I, it would be interesting. So the the Vegas traveler in me wants to do a betting board and what company is going to get, like take the first bullet Right. Is it going to be one of the fortune organizations? Is it going to be somebody who was too snarky to the to the lawmakers? Is it like what's going to come into play for that? Exactly. I mean, there's there's so many companies that are doing this badly that you, you take your pick. I think it's whoever the lawmaker is going to feel like, you know, pulling over for a speeding ticket that day. So it's so it is funny to me. So the, there is this element of being really worried about, well, what does it mean when we show our rate of pay? But but you and I have had a couple of talks around and we've actually done some coursework. We should talk about that. But we've done some coursework on, on pay transparency as a competitive advantage. So, That's right. uh, yeah. So can you can you share what that means to you? Like, how is being transparent, uh, you know, seen as an advantage when you're recruiting when a lot of recruiters are coming back going i put this range up here and people are out like nobody wants to talk about it that range is too big my company won't let me like how, how can we shift how that's sort of looked at by the recruiting industry yeah so that's exactly right chris so so here's the deal recruiters um, i'm going to make an analogy that compares you to sales folks and i know there's limits to that but this is important the more you talk about compensation earlier and often in the process, that the more likely you are to disqualify mm -hmm. unqualified candidates faster. Uh, so you can run your process more efficiently. But then additionally, by pulling up the conversation about pay and the recruiting process, you're going to build trust earlier on. It's a terrible feeling for a candidate when they're progressing through all the interview stages and then they get to the offer and it's a surprise in the wrong way. And then yeah. you get to this sort of heated negotiation with a big time pressure piece. If you use pay transparency to your advantage, you can not only use that to do to really have a better outcome targeting candidates at the top of your funnel, but then through each progressive conversation as they move through the candidate workflow and process, you can um, better and better illuminate, you know, what is it that they care about? Is it a base salary or is it a bonus or their, their walk away stock that they need to get paid out for, you know, explain how your programs work. How do you, um, set strategy against the market for salaries? How do you think about benefits, right? Like get to a place where when it's time to make an offer, you mm -hmm. have so much valuable input to craft <clears throat> a win-win package that uh, it will be within your guidelines and get approved, um, is fair compared to what other employees make and, and meets the needs for this candidate. And in all those ways, as a recruiter, I just think pay transparency has elevated the role. Um, you're more of this trusted financial advisor to candidates who are making these gigantic personal finance decisions. And you are the voice of the organization for what your compensation strategy is. That's always been true. It's only tr even truer now with pay yeah. transparency. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think having, having been a recruiter myself and having led recruiters, I think the earlier you can have that conversation... And the expectations and done in the right way, because there are things you, you can't say anymore, you can't ask anymore, 
with regards to you know what somebody's current salary is. Uh, I think that does establish, you're right on the money trail, it does establish a trust. And, and in essence, it betters the candidate experience. I think it elevates your legitimacy as a partner in that process. And I think you used the word just now, but advisor. So when we, we talked for at least a decade about everyone becoming talent advisors and not just transactional recruiters, but I think this, this lends itself in that direction that says, look, I, I know what I'm talking about. I know the role. I know the comp for this. And if it's not a fit for you, if it's not enough comp, we can establish that early on. And I'm still going to have a relationship with you downstream, right, to, to move towards other roles or when we do have comp in a range that you need for your lifestyle. That's exactly right. And with all the salary ranges posted on job postings, know what your competitors are doing too. Know what, you know, there's going to be some areas where you're weaker. There's going to be a lot of areas where you're stronger. And so if it's a competitive candidate who, you know, is talking to, you know, some of your top talent competitors, having that type of insight um, to really just show how you're differentiated and see whether that's aligned with the candidate, it's just going to serve you. Um, and, yeah. and they're going to find this out eventually. It's better to find it out sooner and be a part of the conversation <laughs> versus wondering what they're saying back home to their family. When and I've made that mistake as, yeah, I've made that mistake as a recruiter too. You don't talk about it till the end. You thought you had a candidate, the hiring manager thinks it's all done. And it's like, yeah, no, we're yeah. not paying it. And then you got to have the yeah. argument back in the office about should you pay them more? Where do you get the money from? You yeah. never had a deal in the first place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just didn't know it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, okay. So there's a couple, two things I, I do want to talk about before before we get on. I know we're at about the 20 minute mark. Uh, we, we've done this coursework uh, together. So your, your team has done, in my humble but correct opinion, a phenomenal job uh, at the content behind this course. I'm going to see if I can actually pull up. You want to talk a little bit about this? I mean, we've made it free to our members. Yeah. Uh, any CXR members can actually take a look at it. I'll throw it on the screen if you want to talk a little bit about sort of what, what went behind that. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, the you know our big um, contribution, I guess, to the world on on pay transparency is our belief that this has a huge impact on recruiters. Recruiters are on the front lines of pay transparency. the The new legislation that's coming online directly affects how they do their jobs day to day. And then, like I mentioned earlier, the need for recruiters to have mastery over how the compensation strategy is defined, how benefits work, um, understanding how to pull out things that matter most to the candidates, this is only increased in importance. And so mm -hmm. what we thought would be valuable is to put together some coursework um, to really uh, help usher in this, this job upgrade for recruiters where um, no longer can you be transactional or vaguely familiar with how compensation works generally at your organization but you, you really need to become an expert at it to understand your candidate, to understand your own programs and make offers that are likely to get approved and win. Yeah. And if you're watching, I've got, I do have it up on the screen, um, but it's, I wanted to do a quick shout out, Charlie. I know I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but I just, I, if I were still a TA leader, Charlie, I had, and I don't think I told you this, this would 100% be a course that would be required for my recruiters to go through before they could make another offer. The, the, what you can say, can't say, must say, um, the difference, the explanation of equity and parity when we're talking about pay and comp is fantastic. So I want to give a shout out. Obviously, you're on the screen, Charlie, of course. Thank you. April, who did a wonderful job, Bobby, and of course, Zach. These guys were phenomenal uh, in the delivery of it. You, you guys did the work. Oh, wrong button there. There we go. You guys did the work on this. We we packaged it up together to give it to the members and stuff. But it, it, it really is just a knockout course uh, what, where did we land? About an hour and a half, I think, total yeah. on the course. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and we break it up into a few modules to focus on different areas. So, you know, for look, some recruiters are already really strong at this, um, especially if you've been in the executive recruiting world where you're getting, you know, I, I remember like the the screenshots of E-Trade statements and trying to forensically piece together the stock that someone's walking away from. You know, it's very complex. It can truly get complicated quickly. Um, but for those who are new to this, maybe you've been in the broad base, maybe haven't been recruiting nationally, but just for you know isolated corporate roles in a certain market, um, this is a big change. And so hopefully you'll find the course as a valuable primer um, with some areas with an opportunity to go quite a bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big one. And it just, I mean, it was a pleasure to work with you guys to put this piece together uh, for our members. So we're excited about it. Uh, anybody can take the course, just a disclaimer there. Uh, okay, so Charlie, you've also done some work uh, on your own site where you've done some really interesting stuff with regards to sharing what pay transparency is sort of looking like and this calculation and all of the work that you put together. You want to, I'll pull that up on the screen as well because I think yeah. people don't know that it's there, then they should. Uh, but I want to give you a chance to kind of walk through that, if you will. And I think I've got it pulled up here. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, we, we create uh, and maintain a resource, a focus on trace pay transparency for recruiters on our website. Chris has it up here. Um, so what we're doing, you can scroll down a bit too and, and get a sense of this. We're tracking the legislation by state, municipality on um, what exactly is going on with pay transparency specifically for recruiters. And so like if you click on California, for example, you'll get a sense of you know what you must do. Um, so for example, you have to disclose salary ranges on job postings. Um, what you can do, which is you can ask about someone's pay expectations, for example, um, and then what you cannot do. Uh, and an example of that is ask for someone's current salary. Um, there's a lot of surface area to get confused or go out of compliance, particularly for recruiters who are interviewing candidates across multiple different states, regardless of where your job is posted. There's, there's ways that you could get on the wrong side of this law, which, of course, nobody wants to do. So... For now, there's a patchwork of pay transparency legislation laws, uh, legislation in the United States, and we're just trying to make that easy to navigate. And so this is a free resource. It's available on our website um, for recruiters or really anyone who's interested to track um, what the latest is so you can do your jobs better. Yeah, I love it. And I love the fact, it's, like I said before, the must do, can do, cannot do. Fantastic resource. I love this quick check. I also love the way you've kind of broken out uh, the U.S. here with regards to uh, both state and local laws or whether they're just local laws or just state laws, or if there are laws pending, or as appropriate for Texas, it's just the Wild West. There are some of these in here that just don't have anything cooking yet. It's too complicated. It's it's ridiculous. And I think the average recruiter, it, look, they're just trying to get through it without um, being out of compliance and, and learn something along the way about their candidates. And so, you know, if, if you're getting tangled up, check out that resource and hopefully in the next few years, um, we'll get some national pay transparency legislation. Yeah, I love it. E easiest way to get to it. It's tricompa.com. If you're listening and you weren't watching, I think you scroll all the way to the bottom. There is a link in the footer and it's pay transparency map. Keeping it simple. We appreciate that. Got it. Uh, you can click on that and go through there. And then how often do you guys update it? Charlie, you just, are you hovered over the keyboard for updates or? Yeah, exactly. And there's, there's new laws um, being proposed going in front of Congress and, and various states and municipalities all the time. Um, by the way, there's a lot changing around the rest of the world too. Our resources just tracking mm -hmm. the U.S., um, but there's change all the time. We're, we're in an acceleration period um, with these laws getting on the books. Um, so we update it regularly. Um, check it out. If you see you know something that, that doesn't look right, you can always shoot our team a note, but I'm pretty sure we'll capture it before you do. 
Well, and what I did love, and we didn't click on it, but there's a link in each of those for the the specific legislation, which is just a really great tool, and I think that's handy. A lot of, rec- I mean, the more arrows in your quiver as a as a TA, you know, practitioner, I think the better when you're going back to the business and, and you're talking to your leadership. Absolutely, bring more facts and data to the conversation. That's it. What, trust and verify. Trust but verify. That's what. <laughs> there so, you go. all right. So, Charlie, we asked this of all of our guests uh, that are on the show. Uh, if you're gonna write a book. About the state of things today, what what would the title, Charlie, of that of that book be? Oh man! All right, let's call it um, "From Radio to Television: The Transition into the Era of Pay Transparency." And and here's why I call it that. I guess um, I I think that's exactly what's going on right now. Is we've just invented the movie camera and the radio show hosts are still standing in front of the microphone reading the news with the camera pointing at them. Nobody's grasped the profundity of the medium change yeah. and how it's going to change how we work, our processes, how we communicate. We're just at the beginning of the pay transparency era. So that's that's the best title I got for now. I love that. And and not including anybody that's on this stream with us right now, who would you give the first signed copy to? Oh, man. Oh, let's go... <clears throat> I'll give it to my former boss, Anil Boussri at Workday. He's recommended that. some great books for me to read. He, he made every employee at Workday read a book called Prediction Machines, which is the economics of AI. And that was back in 2018 before ChatGPT existed. And so I'll do him a favor and uh, get him a copy so he can keep up with pay transparency. <laughs> Prediction Machines. I'm just writing that down, actually. So it's, it's a good, good one. All right. Well, Charlie, thank you so much. We're so grateful for your time. Uh, you're a super busy guy. You got a lot of family at home, busy stuff, as well as the work stuff and keeping the industry straight. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks, Chris. Y'all have a terrific community and thanks everyone for tuning in today. It's fun to be a oh, part of it. Lo- love the partnership. Love it. I want to say uh, also thank you. We'll do a shout out to Sarah, to Kamel and to Mary uh, for doing our, we put you on the screen so listeners might not have seen you, but we love you guys. We're glad you uh, uh, chimed in in the chat with everybody else. I want to remind you, CXR.works. It is uh, the most trusted talent acquisition community in the world <clears throat> that, that I'm in charge of. Uh, so be sure to check that out. And then, of course, we'd encourage you to head to cxr.works slash learning. You can check out uh, everything we've got going on there. And if you've got questions, reach out directly. You know where to find us. We put our links up there and we're happy to connect. And until then, I guess we're going to tell you we'll just see you next week. You want to say goodbye, Charlie? Thanks, y'all. See you next week. Have a good Tuesday. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.